Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. Headquarters of the future capital of the free thinking states of America known as Los Angeles. This is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again as documentary filmmaker and all around Renaissance man Pete McCormick joins us for a conversation including the thrill of finding something that resonates inside you. The commitment needed to work 20 years for that overnight success. The sad fact that as you get older, the all-nighters get tougher. Realizing that we all shine even more than we know, and that the reality of creating is an amazing thing. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dallas Podcast, begins now. Welcome back, everybody, friends and neighbors, people of all persuasions. It's the Drunken Dallas Podcast, episode 61. And without further ado, Daddy Ali Bolelli. Did somebody cut off your balls? What happened? I it's that damn hot rice, man. It said spicy, but I had no, I had no idea. Really? That's that intense. Inside huh? my eyelids is sweating, man. It's like, come on. That can be good. You know, the the Thai folks, I would expect it from, but the sneaky vegans, what's up with that? Well, just testing if you're a real man or not. Obviously not. <laughs> we have officially found out, huh? I guess so. I see. The sperm works. <laughs> well, that's that's a start. That's that's. So I don't know how we rank that. Right. It's not a eunuch thing. <laughs> cool. So let's. Pete McCormick get, Day. Yeah, and um, no reach day. No. Day was uh, you're only in the introduction and at the end because this was a last minute thing when my friend Pete McCormick was visiting for Canada. He was staying at my house for a couple of days. We didn't get a chance to come down to the studio. So we just threw in some crazy home recording, just Pete and I. And it's going to sound like it, too. Sorry. Sorry I don't have your technical abilities. <laughs> Fuck you, Rich. Just <laughs> I just know I'm going to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to complain, complain to me. Rich has nothing to do with it this time. Hey, everybody, we've reduced our bandwidth for your convenience. Oh, so yes. It should be much easier to download now. We've reduced it by like 65%. Thank you to Mr. Mezzatesta, who yeah. suggested how to do it. And um, yeah, that helps a bunch. It Seems to like... sound fine. It's been the past three episodes now, and I, I haven't noticed it. I listened no. to it pretty hard. It's Apparently, we were um, going at a level that's for symphonic music with a wide range yeah, of audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our dulcet towns sit parked in two kind of notes of... Not quite needed. Not quite yeah, the same. Exactly. So Let's say, you know, I'm going to try, I seriously am going to try from now on to make this as quick as possible because I know you guys don't want to be bombarded with a bunch of commercial stuff. On the other end, we badly need to stay in business, so... Uh, Again, if you want, fast forward what I say. It doesn't matter, but please help us out somehow. You know, whether it is uh, 
getting from Datsusara, getting from Onnit, getting from Shore Design, using our Amazon link, donations. You think whatever it works and then just feel free to fast forward guilt free the next two minutes. But um, yeah, man, it would be deeply appreciated if you can help us out. So again, as usual, big thank you to Datsusara, Onnit and Shore Design, the trifecta of our sponsors. I love when they cooperate. Like I saw that uh, Datsusara did a set of bags for Onnit, yeah. and uh, that's beautiful. I love when there's a passing back and forth of products among them. If there's it's anybody cool. you're going to support in honor of the Drunken Talus love, it's got to be Datsusara. Chris was with us from the very beginning. He's a true believer. And yeah, the bags cost a little bit of money, but they're worth it. They're they last. We've both got a bunch of them now that have yep. been through airlines, airports, everything. And they're great great quality and as i travel i can hear the screams of microbes trying to attack my bags and finding out that there are micro ninjas in there slaughtering them so yes that's a, a glory to behold um on the products i've been on an on it binge lately so i'm like suddenly trying all sort of products that i've never tried before like the other day i was taking like 13 million pills to it and oddly enough i must say i am feeling freakishly good lately in terms of energy so i don't know man maybe there's something going on here because i have been playing with some of the supplements and i'm feeling mighty good right now so i'll keep the report going as you know if my head explodes down the road i will let you know by all means if suddenly I start speaking in tongues and uh, I channel demons, you'll also be... You mean again? Properly forewarned, yes. Yeah, but yeah. no, for now, man, I'm trying... There's a lot of great on it stuff. I'm still, of course, addicted to the buffalo, uh, to the buffalo snacks, the hemp products. There's great. There's the hemp protein that I add regularly to stuff. There's, But there's so much good stuff. And I'm expanding my range. So not a bad gig. Uh, short design as usual check out either our t-shirts the when is this coming out end of march right april yeah april 1st oh no no no, because this is Pitch mccormick so this is gonna be end of march so yeah short design uh our nietzsche t-shirts are probably getting close to arriving uh i would say wait till may to start yelling at me if it hasn't arrived probably will be there at some point in april very latest early may and also beside our own t-shirts, you know, the the whole range of the ones we have so far, or the Nietzsche one that's coming up, just check out Shore Design for the usual range of wild psychedelic stuff that you... That, that's why I love t-shirts so much, because it's like art you can wear, Shore Design, check out the whole catalog, it's glorious. And uh, what else? You know, if you guys shop on Amazon, easiest way to support us. You know, if you want to donate, we love you, but I understand that's money coming out of your pockets. If you want to just, you buy the shit you normally buy, but just you click on Amazon first, you help us out. You have no idea how much. It's a great, great way to help us out without spending an extra cent. So please keep that in mind. I know it's a pain in the ass, but it's just one click that helps us out enormously. So now, without further ado, let me bring my friend Pete McCormick. Pete is a amazing director. He directed uh, I Am Bruce Lee that broke all the records for documentaries on spike tv before that he broke his own record because his previous one was uh, i um, was facing ali a documentary that he did about some of the top of muhammad ali's opponents mm-hmm. uh, the i am bruce lee of course features the one and only the beautiful the amazing the glorious daniele bolelli for a whole probably 
seconds at a time, right? Seconds yeah. total. It was cool. But yeah, Pete How did is, you feel doing the all nude stuff? Were you uncomfortable with that? Or? They sadly cut that part. I don't know why, but. Didn't have the right long lens, I suppose. Yeah, that was terrible. But yeah, that's how I met Pete, and then we, we hit it off. He's a great guy, and he came down to visit. So here is the here is the recording of our conversation. Let's get rolling. McCormick here with me from Canada. Oh, yay. Today is a weird version of the Drunken Taoist because we are not in our very professional studios in Culver City. We are in my own sweet home where Mr. Pete McCormick joined me flying in from Canada. Pete, I, I was thinking about it. I actually don't use the word friend all too loosely because um, I got along with a lot of people. But my concept of friendship is slightly different from most. But I do make an exception for you. Well, you actually do qualify as a very rare example of a Bolelli friend. So I'm, uh, well, welcome to the Drunken Taoist and to my house. Uh, thanks, Daniele. <clears throat> I'm honored by that, uh, that, that description. You should. You really, really uh, should. I know, I know. But being Italian, you will eventually kill me. Is that correct? Well, I mean... That's always on the table as a possibility, but it's not part of a plan. I'll stay know. loyal just because of that, okay? Well, that's <laughs> a very good idea. Sure. It's always good to live your code by threat, you know yeah, what I mean? Well, I'm, 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 <laughs> implied threat is not It's subtle. Least, it's, it's sweet. It's, it's almost yeah. romantic in a way. Yeah, totally. It's... Uh, it's an implied threat, and it's. Uh, but yeah, don't feel nervous. It's all. It's all good. I'm always thrilled to be here with uh, with you and yeah. hang out with you and work with you, and uh, we've had some really great times actually, and uh, in, in the work world too. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny how even how we met the, because um, you were so random and last second there was this. Uh, on one day I got a call in the afternoon after I drop off Isabella. No, I was. I think, yeah, it was in the morning, when I, right after I drop off Isabella at daycare when she just first started going. And I'm like, do you want to be on a documentary tomorrow about Bruce Lee? We're shooting in, and it's like, okay, tomorrow morning at 10, you have to be there. I'm like, okay, sure, you know, let's jump in. And uh, there we go, set. You guys were shooting back-to-back interviews with everybody, from Kobe Bryant to... Uh, Danny no Santo to you name it and you guys squeeze me in there it was meant to be because think of the think of the uh, the odds you have a child <clears throat> you're a professor you've got all your books you're writing and you could fit in at 10 a.m. in LA the next day that's pretty I good that and was I, I would like to say that we, we were actually introduced by the spirit of Bruce Lee that's I like what, that. that's what I'm going to go with yeah that's um, I dig that with a little push from Shannon maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that helps definitely yeah. but uh, yeah what was that um, what do you think made us click? Because, I mean, we really, our interaction wasn't exactly very long. You know, we met, we chat for 10 minutes before we started rolling. We recorded for two hours. That was that. You flew back to Canada. Then we didn't really see each other in person for like a year after that or something. We just started talking on Skype. What I think do you I, think, uh, I mean, are we both... 
you tell me. I, I think in, if, I never thought, I don't think about those things mm -hmm. very much. But I think what we have is that we actually have a lot in common and in, from different perspectives, actually, mm -hmm. like how we see things. Like even even when we're working now, where what I bring and what you bring it actually clicks really well. It's different angles on it, and I think that we have. You know, we're both philosophical, uh, and yet we we hate philosophy. You know, <laughs> so you know, and we're both uh, we both um, love life and are often miserable. You know, that kind of thing. So I, <laughs> right. I think. You know, we and we 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 yearn. We 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 need to be strong, but we you know fear creeps in. You know, I think we have a lot in common that way, but also in different ways that is complementary. So and, and maybe in different different rhythms. So when you have it, I don't. When I have it, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, but it, I yeah. think there's a lot in common, and we both we you know we love we love words. We love we love writing. We love uh, expression. We love mm -hmm. communication. And we love so many of the same things. You know. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm a judgmental buster. So the second, usually the second I shake hands with somebody, I'm in nine cases out of ten, I'm like, nope. You know, immediately yeah. I just, I feel something. I'm like, eh, okay, you know, we can get along, but that's about it. It's funny, I, I, I'm, you know, people consider me sort of high energy and this love of life guy, but it's amazing how many things I can hate despite that oh, instinct, yeah, yeah. you know. I don't think one is in contradiction with the other. <laughs> I sure hope not. I Although I'm sort of a walking contradiction, so maybe it is, I don't know. But either way, I have that in me. So, it's a walking but... contradiction that I can live with, so it's all, <laughs> it's all good. If you're a walking contradiction, do you naturally have a limp, is what I want to know. <laughs> because you're yeah. just all over them, <laughs> you're falling yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you got a great place here. I love it here. It's gorgeous. Yeah, this is not exactly a bad life when you look out the window. It's good. Of course, living on a hill in a place that's earthquake prone is always, there are questions about I think it, it just but. adds to the tension of it all, you know, yeah, and it, it, it makes you write faster. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of writing, one thing that's always is puzzling for anybody who takes a look at your bio and looks at who you are, you have done everything conceivable when it comes to artistic forms of expression. You have written and published fiction books. You have um, released the music. You have written your own music. You've done that. So you are in the music world. In the, you have written books. You have been shooting movies as a director, as an editor. You know, you have done, like, you put on so many different hats. And, uh, you know, like some of your... For those of you guys who haven't checked it out yet, some of his most famous work, if you see Facing Ali, a great documentary featuring there's Pete interviewing some of all the top boxers who have faced off with Muhammad Ali and their experiences in the ring. I Am Bruce Lee, which again, if nothing, it's if not for those 53 seconds of the greatest cinema in the history of mankind in which Bolelli appears, the rest is pretty good. With his middle finger raised, we of might course, ask. Of course. Both before and on screen. And after. He just walks around with his middle finger raised. It's an yeah, interesting... Yeah, just back that way. It's... <laughs> I was bored with my fingers yeah. stuck out. The, um, I mean, tell me a little bit how you got to do all these things, because it's not exactly normal. To, you know, usually a writer is a writer, a director is a director. Maybe you combine two of those things. Musician, too, is like, what the hell? You, you seem to be like in so many different forms of expression at a high level. How did that play out? I, I don't know the answer to that exactly either, because, again, I don't, it's hard to uh, philosophize upon oneself, which is, of course, where one should philosophize, but I avoid it as much as possible. Um, but I think. You know, on one level, I'd like to say it's some sort of maybe a, a talent or whatever it is, but there's one part of me that is compulsive 
uh, a strong part, and, I, and I, a lot of my self-esteem revolves around producing. <laughs> so I work all the time, so I so I feel like I'm I'm it's, it, I'm, I'm allowed to be alive, and uh, and so that's that's what I do. So I work so much that it that they <clears throat> tend to blend into each other. I do love I you know music just. My guitar is one of my dearest friends, you know. After you, of course. But nice. uh, <laughs> and it, my guitar has never threatened to kill me. Although playing my guitar, I've been threatened to be killed. So <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> similar. Um, but uh, so I, I think that storytelling and words uh, are, are that what what you're trying to say mm-hmm. um, crosses boundaries, crosses different boundaries. Whether you're writing songs, whether you're writing scripts, whether you're writing novels, whether you're making documentaries, whether you're making feature films, whether whatever I'm doing, it you know even drawing, even animating. I've done a little bit of uh, you know uh, illustrated uh, uh, some books and stuff like that. And, and whatever you do, it, it like it, it, you're trying to tell a story, right? That's what that's what. Uh, no, but I mean, I can try to tell a story, but if I pick up a guitar, it's not going to work out very well. You know, it's like I can try a lot of things, but that doesn't well, mean that I'm I can only go gonna... back to my obsessive nature. Right. Like really, I can't I can't stop doing it. And we and you and I have spoken about this a lot. When how do we slow? This isn't trying to be like how do we slow down because uh, we're we're going so hard. It's are we work going too hard to enjoy life enough? Like are you t- soaking it all in or just constantly grinding? on one level and and it's a very fine line at a certain age too you know when you're 22 it's different than when now, now that we're both 25 I know. it's different you know yeah I was gonna wait to start delving into our psychosis but might as well it just uh, it just comes up so fast you can't yeah because <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the things that I notice on myself and this is one of the, the things that I want to change in this coming year for sure or in this phase of my life and uh, you definitely share the same thing pushing way too hard. I mean, I think about how many things I work on on a daily basis, and it's about the kind of stuff that a normal human being, I don't know, maybe six different people would work on. I have multiple, you know, from teaching full-time to writing to podcasting to, you know, you name it. There's a long list. Raising my daughter, you know, every one of those things takes 12 hours a day. And except that there's 10 of those things, and last time I checked, there were only 24 hours in the day, yeah. something got to give. You said something really interesting earlier where half joking and I'm guessing half not, there's that idea of uh, if, I, if I don't feel that I'm creating this amazing work constantly, I feel like I don't deserve to live almost. And uh, as weird as that sounds, I completely relate. I understand. There's this sense of kind of. Fire That's why we get along. I just, we just solved it. We get along because of this. We're this. both psychos <laughs> in that way. That's, we're both. Uh, and we justify it similarly. But it is important. But I have to do it. You know. But. I've mentioned it multiple times. Uh, it's a it's a legend. I don't think that's even a remote sense of truth. But there's a story about the um, uh, story that I mentioned on the podcast before about uh, Robert E. Howard, the creator of uh, the Conan character and the novels. And one of the stories that they tell is that uh, he would start writing and uh, he would say that when night came, he would start writing and he would see this shadow right at the corner of his eye and he wouldn't turn because he knew that it would be the last thing he does if he turns. But there was this enormous muscular shadow with an axe standing over him, telling him to write. And he would stand right there on top of him, like right next to him with the axe the entire night. And only when the sun would rise, suddenly the shadow would disappear. And then he was like, oh, I can breathe again. I, I didn't get killed this night either because I produced. 
If he didn't write, Conan was there to axe his head off. That's a, that's a magical thought. I mean, that's, that's really... And also, Conan was on steroids and, right. and had a German accent. Yeah. So the whole thing was terrifying in every way. Yeah. But that's actually a, a real... I mean, think of the, think of the um, psychosis of that in a certain yeah. way, if he's being sincere. You know, if he's saying, like, I really felt the... The yeah. weight of that. Uh, you know, who knows how these things are channeled, too? Is he channeling some former Conan barbarian? You know, like, it, that's a great story. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. I love hearing the romantic side of creative people. I don't really have that. I, I want to say, you know, where'd the song come from or where that idea came from the heavens and I just let it channel through me. And I, mine comes from sitting my ass on a chair and <laughs> grinding it out until I don't hate myself. You know, it's not like, I, I, I want that magic. And maybe that's maybe that's why it hasn't had as much magic as I still, I still dream of the great song, the great right. book, the great movie the great everything of you know so but uh, there, there is a, you know I, I think some of that the compulsive nature of doing too many projects is not being you know I'm not a Buddhist but Buddha was called the great it comes from the word buddhi which means discernment the great discerner and I think you have to just sometimes I just say yes to so many things that come in my way some of them are great saying yes to, to you and I working together was a great mm-hmm. yes we've had a great time and it's 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 a great experience and a friendship grew out of it but you have to be careful because you know, the other problem with making art, I think, at a certain age, you rely so much sometimes on other people loving what you do, on turning other people on, that when someone feel you feel they're kind of turned on by what you do or they want you, it's hard. You say, yeah, yeah, I'm in. If you're in, you really think it's I can. Addictive. And you've got to be really discerning and, 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 and chop away that which is a waste of time and that which is not right up your. Also, eventually you have to do exactly what moves your soul. Otherwise, it gets it's defeating after a while. You just you become uh, you know you become your your spirit becomes kind of domesticated as we wrote yeah. wrote in the line today, <laughs> and and you, and you so so but that's also in this world it's tricky because we live in a material world where you have to actually pay a rent yep and 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 you know feed your children it's illegal not to feed your children and it's, it's, um, Isabella this morning woke up saying how she wants a world in which there's no school, no work, no money food magically appears in your refrigerator and most importantly all sweets are perfectly healthy for you i'm, I'm gonna vote for her yeah you know what i mean vote isabella for president i think uh, you know that's funny because uh, um, you wonder how you influence your kids and, and and how much pressure you put on yourself i was telling Danielli, but my little four-year-old uh just turned four and he's a he's a drawing fanatic i showed some of the drawings to Danielli, um and and he walked in and saw another person's work in the little cubby hole in his in his um in his in in his daycare, and he actually looked at the work and said said that's not our best work, <laughs> and like he's already. And then that's he whispered. Then he whispered to his mom. He said, "I gotta tell you something. I don't even know what that is." <laughs> so I mean, that's so much pressure. Obviously, he's he's getting that from me, saying yeah. this is not. Ah, I don't like what I you know. I mean, if he yells, he he yells white out. I need white out about thirty five times a day. I mean, and we're out of white out. He needs to erase his mistakes. So I think, what am I Jesus. passing along? Is it actually my vibe, or is it my my genes? Is it right. what the hell is it? Oh, I pray it's not neurosis. You know, but the, the fat uh, chance though, right? Either that or uh, the the muses are riding us hard, and I mean <laughs> it in a somewhat non sexual way. But that's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, what you were saying earlier about this idea of um, uh, you're just channeling the perfect song and it comes to you, even when people put it in the language, I don't really think or buy that it comes easy. I think that even this idea, which I actually do somewhat believe in, the idea that you are tapping into some creative force that's even outside of you. But I think that in order to be able to reach that place, you have to do crazy things and be in such a delicate balance in terms of your state of consciousness 
whether it's inside of you, it's that super creative part of you, or whether it really you're talking about the muses, to be able to be possessed by the muses and have that moment where everything starts flowing is not an easy process. It's uh, it's kind of like when you see uh, spirit possession cases, and I don't mean in a demonic nasty say it kind of like in the traditions where they have this thing. The shamanic kind of idea. Like to shamanic. The guys who have gone through it afterwards, or Tibetan oracles, that kind of thing, after they have gone through, they are wiped out. They yeah. just spend the day just knocked out because it's physically intense on every level to be able to stay at that place. And to be open on that way. You know, I, I agree. I think it's like the old... The old um, to, yeah, that was beautifully romantic, the way you said it, to be less romantic. It's like the overnight success, which is 20 years of hard work, and you have your overnight success. I think also you have to be fully committed in your in your drive and whatever I don't know how that works for each individual because everybody has a different possession you know mm-hmm. but you'd be fully committed for that actual actual moment to happen you, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't if you're you know if you have to be desiring it and working at it and perfecting what you're doing to get those moments of um, lucidity and clarity where that great where a great line comes or a great song comes or a great idea comes uh, it, it happens because you're committed not because you're just hanging out you know and I can't speak for the 60s, it's a different time, but, you know, I, but I, you have to be committed. And one thing that I think we take it for granted, because we know in this case what we're talking about, because we have already talked about it, but for everybody else, in case it's not clear, what's the problem with being driven? What's the problem with being passionate? What's the problem of wanting to be creative? I mean, these are all good things. If anything, there are books that talk about how to do this more. You know, like the um, Stephen Pressfield wrote uh, The War of Art, that is all about basically fighting the fight to be to live up to your creative potential and doing all that. So we are saying the opposite. What the hell is going no, on? No, I, I don't think we are. I think what you're saying is right. Hey, listen, it doesn't even matter for saying the opposite. I'm built mm-hmm. that way. Right. A huge portion of me is built that way to endlessly drive and create. Yeah. I'm born to create. That's all I want to do. But here's the thing. We're not talking about that. We're talking about now how do you be discerning around that yeah. it's totally different because it's the idea people always say um, Pete you gotta slow down like not even verbally and mm-hmm. so on I get someone said the other day I did an interview for the series that I just put, uh, the, the HBO the Sports on Fire mm-hmm. series that I'm doing where sports and history collide and someone said that would have been great that interview was great but would it even better if you smoked a joint beforehand you know <laughs> I'm like but here's the thing is that <clears throat> so if I ever try to slow down I, know, I don't need to panic I'm gonna get too slow I will never get too slow I'll just slow it down a little bit right. to the edge up, which is great. And similarly here, I'll never stop grinding myself. I just want to grind myself a little less with a little more, um, dare I say, you know, health. Yeah. You know, and so I, that's the thing. It, it, we, it doesn't even matter if I talked about uh, the drive. I, it's it's in, it's built in. I don't have whether it's natural or uh, from karma or from my folks or whatever it's from. You know, it's there. Yeah. And so it's really trying to just. You know, especially as you get older, you you know, the, all the all-nighters and all that kind of stuff are more difficult. And with kids, it's even more difficult. Thing. And the other thing is that if you are always <clears throat> part of the problems with being so driven as to be a little obsessive with your creative work is that you are always reaching for the next thing. It's always about, I need to do this so that the second is done, I can pat myself on the back, feel good for about 0.7 seconds before I jump into the next one and the next... 
And as great as that is, because you're creating good things, you're also not really being in the moment. A no, lot of that's times. right. And you don't even let, you know, this sounds crazy, but how do you even learn how to celebrate? Yeah. When you finish, I don't know. <clears throat> I, finishing means now, what do I have to do now? I know. Exactly. That's, that's not right. That's just not right. No. It's not fun even. It's not even no. fun way to live. You know, it's funny. I, I, so, you, so even on these things, you try to find ways to handle it. So I even had a life coach. In the end, in the end of the day, life coach was great, helped me with all these kind of ideas. But I also got him to uh, fake an announcer for my show and use them as, your voice sounds like someone I could use as an right. Australian announcer saying that uh, there's a scandal in steroids in sports. Can you do that for me? I mean, right. so everything is about, you know, producing something else. Uh, and, and so you have to celebrate. And listen, I am grateful for the desire that I have. And if there's talent, the talent that I have and all those kind of things. Um, and, I, and I love what I do. But, um, but so learning how to, how to take it with more joy as you get older you, you got to work at that because it doesn't. We be, our little neural neural pathways do not become more fluid. No. You become more and more as you are focused on it. So you have to break them and try to enjoy yourself. And in some way, you end up otherwise becoming the guy in all those <clears throat> terrible movies about the father who's always at work, who's never there for the kid at the baseball game or whatever the fuck, where you are so work obsessed and granted the difference is most of those movies are about people who are obsessed with shitty jobs that they are not that happy about but they need the money they need whereas what we are talking about is something that you're obsessed with something that makes you happy that is good stuff that's great stuff and granted so there's a quality difference but the dynamics don't change a whole lot in the sense that you're still at least I'm going to speak for myself because that's my experience. I'm not sure how able you are in this regard or to do things differently. But there are a lot of moments where I'll be playing with Isabella and my head is somewhere else. Or I'll play with Isabella for 10 minutes and by minute 11 is like, this is fun and all, but what about my book that I'm writing and what about my thing? And I'm like, you are a horrible human being. You know, you are there with a child who needs and wants to play with you, who's sweet, who's nice. And all you can think about is when can I get back to my work? You I have that. I have that exact. <clears throat> sorry, my throat. <clears throat> I have that exact feeling, including the expression "I am a horrible human being." So we're, that's why we get along now. We have we have great drive and self esteem issues. I think this is we've we've solved it. We we enable each other in that role. You know. Right. How much have you hated yourself today? Enough to enough to talk with me later. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> no, I have that exact. I have that precise. The, the the beauty is is one. Yes, we love what we do, and two. Because it's fluid, we also have a lot of time. I don't. I have a lot of time with my kids. Yeah. But the uh, and, and and but to be present with your kids, with your lover, with your, yeah. with your, with even with your work mm-hmm. is is how to is how to you know. But how to have that balance? But there are a million ways to do it. I guess, you know. Yeah, because even with yourself, if you are always thinking about next, 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 produce, you're not really. Like I rarely ever slow down to a place where I'm just looking around and just taking it all in, and I don't send that I don't have a sense of hurry, which obviously, again, as we're saying, just for about you speak, you have to, yeah. there's yeah, this sense yeah, of, yeah. go, 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 go. Because what nobody here realizes, and you don't realize that, I'm actually being chased right now by Germans. Right. So like, named, named Heinrich from the 30s. It's the weirdest, weirdest phenomenon. Um, but um, as I told you, that's a joke because I, I told Daniel that's some of my dreams when I was a kid. I always had dreams of being chased by Germans named Heinrich. Really? Yeah, Heinrich. yeah. They weren't dressed in Lederhosen. It wasn't a sexual thing. Well, it was later maybe, but at early on it was just it was just pure Nazi. Heinrich. You know, I used to look out my, my bedroom window, which was down stairs just a little bedroom window you know when you're yeah. at the bottom and I, I always the, the fear of jack boots pounding by was quite real for me yeah really? yeah wow um and i kept forgetting i'm english i should realize that we won the war but it didn't jewish past life exactly so um no but i, I you know it, it, it 
it's a real gift to be able to just go and, and eat food with people and enjoy it. And, and, you know, actually, I'm pretty good with when I socialize with people. Like when I'm here, I'm present mm-hmm. right now. I'm, yeah. I feel very present. But, of course, we're talking about the things that are magical to us. It's sure. to switch off into that place that also builds um, juice and energy with other people, mo- mostly relationship, you know, that you're in, like like children, uh, uh, partners, that kind of how to make that, how to make that, how do you make time for that? That actually there's a good side to it in the sense that one thing that... Oh, I, we're going to justify again, are we? Well, <laughs> a little in the sense, yeah. And I'm going to use it to give a compliment to the awesome Savan. Say it so, fast because I'm being chased. You know that, right? <laughs> I'll keep it. Well, we're running while we talk, so it's okay. Now, one thing that I noticed is that there was um, a period when, you know, everything in my life had changed. I kind of had to reorganize my time, my schedule, my everything. And I was trying to figure out, you know, I would take care of Isabella nonstop and then I would put her to bed and suddenly I would have two, three hours to myself before passing out tired because I would have to be ready for the second she wakes up. And one thing that I noticed is that there were a lot of really pleasant people that I would socialize with, I would come to visit or something. And I felt horrible, but in the overwhelming majority of cases, I was thinking, this is not bad, this is fun, but I would so much rather be writing my stuff right now that, yeah, this is nice, but I would really honestly be happier being on my own, writing my stuff and working on my projects. And when that's not the case, I noticed like with Savannah, when she would come visit and I would just genuinely be excited and look forward and think writing, fuck that, I don't care about writing. That told me something about how much I did crave that interaction and value that. And that itself, I felt like, okay, that's, uh, that's interesting. If somebody can make that cut of making me forget about my work, that's putting it all in perspective. So that helped. Yeah, also, no, it's a beautiful you know, thing. Also, I have to say it because she's the one who hooked us up with the mic and do everything else. So, I mean, I have well, to, uh, you know, I think also that's a sign of why that, that should be a partner and a lover and, and someone you care about because they, they bring a, uh, an intensity uh, that somehow clicks with you mm-hmm. or me or hopefully us with them that makes us um, um, uh, different. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually shape, shapes us. I think, you know, we've talked about this before. The other thing about life and the traumas and the repetitive nature of life just by working too hard or even huge traumas like you had and sure. losing your, your wife and so on and different things is that we always think it's an equation like eh, this happens and then I, now I'm doing this but we forget about the side effects of the traumas that the traumas and the dramatic processes we go through they linger in the most uh, secretive of ways and they come back as sort of like demons even as our childhood like even we talked about it last night about fighting demons they, these voices that come yeah. it's not like we're schizophrenic but we're like uh, we're amateur schizophrenic you know like we're, the, we're not it's not like we could play in the NHL right. but we're in the AHL of schizophrenia where these voices come and say like you said, I'm a horrible person while you're with why can't it just your voice say when you're playing with with Isabella, hey, you're a great dad and, and keep and keep pushing to be present. They don't. They, they, uh, the, the, to be honest, my voices are also nice because yeah. I do spend an inordinate amount of time going, God damn Daniele, you're an awesome human being. You're so good looking and smart and there's never been anybody this good. So I mean I do that too. I think it's you know, mildly bipolar in that I, I, regard. I think that's good. I'm very that, strong. Uh, <laughs> I'm really hard on myself, but I'm also really nice to myself. Wow. You, you actually have the angel and devil, don't yeah, you? On, I on do. either side. I think that's you're interesting. just stuck with the devil and devil. So <laughs> that sucks a lot. No, I've got a, I've got a devil and someone less devilish. You okay, know what well, I mean? So, that's better than that. So, uh, uh, no, I mean, I do really like. 
it, it's very funny because on one end I do really like a lot of stuff about myself and I don't have to skip a beat to also see the all the stuff that I dislike about myself. It's funny, you know, like it's it's almost like you can you're 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 in a beautiful house, but it's haunted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I mean, there's a little like, vo- vibe of not you but one sure. even you know, but it, it's true. And and listen to get excited. I mean, you know, my kids uh, they just knock me out. I mean, it's it's outrageously intense. The the love you feel for those little beings mm-hmm. uh, that. That that's pure joy as yep. well, right? And and uh, and and same with uh, with um, with Samantha, you know, same thing. You just so it's just this goddamn dance we're in, you know what I mean? And you just gotta keep, you gotta stay vigilant, just like with the art. You've got to be vigilant. It's gonna you want to get that that moment when it descends, or that whatever it takes to get down something down on paper, or or live when you're playing music or whatever you're doing. You've got to be vigilant, and you've got to be vigilant to not not uh, not get off track too far too yep. as well. But uh, I don't have the. I haven't written the how-to book on that, you know. That's for no, sure. I mean it's a tricky balance, and it really is not a good or bad thing because all of those things are good things. It's just a matter of making them healthy rather yeah. than obsessive. Uh, a, my, a minor shift, man, says yeah. that it can say, uh, just tell yourself you're great because you are great, and you're, you know, and and we're all working within our great potential and our limitations, and you just got to be. Listen, I always say, hold it with a softer hand and be better to yourself. Be mm-hmm. kinder in your words to yourself. It'll. it'll It'll work miracles, you know. I don't know if it ever works to, to be the to, to be the uh, you know uh, Vince Lombardi and saying you know uh, yelling yelling at you and saying you, you're worth nothing. Although uh, Vince was pretty inspiring with the right. Green, Green Bay Packers, like, he's, he's the wrong guy to pick. But the military sergeant yeah. is just a prick. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's right to. Uh, I don't think that. Uh, I think it's balanced really because it's uh, when you are being overly self-indulgent. And some people tend to eat a lot more than others, but every one of us at some point is going to be overly self-indulgent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuses and delay yeah. and waste yeah. time. Sometimes when I write, I notice that I do have to go through that process. I go through, first you clean the fridge and do everything in the world when you're supposed to work. And then you slowly get to it, but it's like, what's on Facebook? Let me look again. You know, you're... and. It gets to the point where after three days of not doing anything, you look at yourself and I feel like, if I don't write something amazing tomorrow, I need to shoot myself, you know, where it's like that sort of... and that motivates me. And then yeah. I start. I'm glad because if you did shoot yourself, it'd be hard the next day to write yeah, something good, you know. Because once you've shot things. yourself, it's I find it hard to get motivated after that. Is that what I you mean? Know? Like ghostwriting? <laughs> Touche. That's, that's right. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, I do think there's something about if you are leaning too far into self-indulgence and laziness to be hard on yeah, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really got to know yourself on that level because, in, and it's, at the same time, nothing's going to make Daniele Bolelli not write. So that isn't your problem either. I mean, getting to it sometimes, like everybody, right. but really that that isn't your problem, right? You 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 will you you might have to put the gun to your head in that sense, but that is your your instinct and your nature is to create and to write. It is. And so, and by the same token, once you start pushing too hard, instead the advice is, hey, slow down, man, ease yeah, up, relax, yeah, yeah. go out for a walk, forget writing. Yeah. And find people to celebrate with. Find you know when yeah. you said about socializing, you wanted to write instead of socializing. Find the people that you dig. That inspire you, that are fun, yeah. that are that are alive, that are creative. If that's what you like, and and you know, yeah, man, just think of, think of the smorgasbord of life out there that we don't partake in because mm-hmm. of our own fears, our own our own conversations with ourselves. That actually is waiting for us on some level. I mean, I don't want to sound like uh, like the secret, right? Because because uh, I think the secret is um, a silly secret, yeah. but uh, but it, it, Jesus, the things. 
you know, I, I like to have no regrets, but I know that I'll have regrets. Of course. I mean, that's just the nature of the business. Is some of it is inevitable. There's just no way around it. Yeah. But um, and then also there's the. But what a life! Huh? If you start sitting here and we start talking, what a life we have! Huh? No, what a what a. I'll make you laugh on how I switch now my idea of doing less, my what I decided to do. Because over the last year, I gave up on um, finishing a PhD. I was like, screw that. That just, A, not going to happen. B, that's not the way my brain works. C, it's killing me. It was you know, great. Can I, can I, I was great. I would talk to you sometimes about the PhD, and, and, and I'd say, well, how's that going? Daniele Bolelli is not built for academia in the, in the strict sense of it. It is so... Um, against his nature. He was like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> the fuck are they want? I don't even know what this means. Yeah, and, then he, yeah. and of course, he's a professor and a brilliant guy. It's like, what does this mean? Who can relate to this? And yeah. I, you know, but it, with his great accent, you say it now. I don't know what he means. You have to say it for even. <laughs> and by the way, all of these, the, the guy that I was working with for the PhD over the last couple of years, he's a super nice guy who's smart, who's, I mean, he's like, if I couldn't do it with him. Yeah, and open, he's open minded, really he's can't. creative, he's, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a Bruce Flea efficient. So I mean, if he's I a can't great do it guy. with him, it's really yeah. just because my brain doesn't yeah. work that way. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. That's a great instinct of knowing this is just not what I do. It's like it's like me trying to be an accountant. It's yeah. just as it did. Anybody that hires me as an accountant will eventually end up in prison, you know, because <laughs> I do not know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a fact. Intelligent people use the word intelligence as if there's one kind. Mm. There's no such thing. Intelligence is in a million different forms. Street smarts, right? exactly. Creative smarts. So academia smart is not one of mine, mm-hmm. I guess. Let's just I get, that's interesting. You know what that tells me too in this conversation of how to how to slow down a little bit is um, other than smoking a joint mm-hmm. is to delegate well, like mm-hmm. to get people to do things that you like in your life that yeah. are good at what they do. Yeah. Don't do a lot of things you're not good at if, if you can't perfect it. You know, unless you want it, unless you want to do those things. But so you know, if anybody <laughs> wants to finish my PhD, please <laughs> call up. Call uh, you know one eight hundred PhD. No, but that I decided. <laughs> fuck it, I can't do it. That's a big decision to say was, no to because it, it limits you on a certain yeah. uh, path and, and monetary path. So <clears throat> that Absolutely. takes, that's pretty bold, you know? I mean, I know because all along I've been pushing this idea of, I never wanted to do a PhD. It was all like, I, you know, I did a couple of MAs, those, uh, the masters allow me to teach and everything, but I was like, I need a PhD to be able to get my full-time job teaching college. That will give me security. That will give me... And yeah, that would be nice to be paid a lot more to teach less. I like that. I would like to have the security. That's all great stuff. But the reality is that the process to get there would kill my soul. And even when you get there, I mean, I see a lot of these guys who are 17,000 committees and meet. I had an interview. It was funny. I had an interview for a full-time job where they, afterwards, one of the guys told me his impressions, which you're not supposed to do, you know, after the meeting, they're supposed to be. He was like, man, you are awesome. But when we ask you about what you would do, uh, you know, what beside teaching, what is that a community college instructor should do? You just emphasized only students. It was all about, you know, interacting with students, office hours, and the teaching. That was it. Your job is not to inspire the future generations. Right. Their thing was, what about the committees and survey? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's because I think that stuff is crap, yeah. you know, and yeah. I don't want to do it. And I think it's a waste of time. And yeah. I think it's – so, of course, I didn't bring it up. 
because it would be such a lie. And I mean, yeah, I, maybe I have to say it if you want the job, but that mm. also got me thinking, do I really want the job that bad? No, and then when you have a job, you're stuck in there and you can't, you can't perform anyway. Yeah. You can't perform on that level. Exactly. So you'll never, you're never going to work in an, administ- an administrative committee or anything. It's a disaster. No, I mean, you would work only if I'm in the kind of department that gives you, they are happy as long as students are happy, they are happy with you teaching, and it's like, okay, fill in the boxes. You for know, the it, it's, it's ironic, too, that what you just said isn't what, isn't what it totally is what it's wanted when in fact what else matters but the students being that's educated. how it should be yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> except that it's becoming less and less so I mean academia is going much more in a committee and rules and shit direction rather than and there's a constant um, need for money absolutely <clears throat> so that is when I started thinking you know what fuck it this is ridiculous I'm doing something that's really not me this needs to go so not doing that made me feel better. And the other one, which was way harder, is the I just finished writing a book that I've been working on for the last two and a half years or so. And, you know, in my computer right now, there's a book file that when I open, I have about maybe notes for about 30 books in there, 10 of which I have probably more than 50 pages of notes each. So 10 of them are on. I could start writing them tomorrow kind of feeling. So the second I finished, there's a part of me that said, that's great, okay, turn it in, you'll get the edits, it gets published this year, Uh, what's the next one? Uh, When are we starting writing? Tomorrow? Uh, And to force myself to say, nope, I'm not even thinking about another book for minimum a year. That's what I'm talking about. That's the discerning, the sermon I'm talking about. It's so important to be discerning there because I have the same place, Daniele, exactly the same thoughts, you know, and... And sometimes I feel depressed because I don't have the the mojo to, uh, you know, to make a. I want to. I, I so want to record music again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, but do I want to record music and probably pay for it myself? And then, who knows how how to get it out there? And all these crazy questions. But at the same time, time is actually finite mm-hmm. on some level. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about the space time continuum. I can't figure that out. You know, um, but. Um, uh, or if I'm even part of it, I think I was left out from that, left out of the space-time <laughs> continuum. I'm just on the on the outskirts, a different galaxy. But uh, no, and so I think that's a great move on your part. It is how how when you have so many dreams and impulses and compulsions and creative desires, how do you cut it down to to be able to excel at what you're doing? You know. And that's, it's hard, because it's one thing to, I mean, it was hard. And that's your nature, too, right? That's the problem. It's the nature to have many, like you said, how do you, why do you do so many different mediums? My nature just doesn't, I don't limit myself that way. So for all the things where I'm saying I'm limited or I'm speaking negatively, I have great confidence that I can do all those things well. So I, 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 and I'd like to do them, but it is tough to to do so many things. And we all know, putting out a book, putting out a film, or putting out an album, those three things that I know quite well, um, takes such a, 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 just a, you just got to grab that, you know, you're like a Rottweiler. You grab that pant leg and you don't let go for a year. And, yep. you know, it's, it's it's never fun holding a pant leg in your teeth for a whole year, you know, no, depending on the pant leg and whose, <laughs> whose leg it is and whether they appreciate it and so on. But that makes big difference. It's definitely, yes. definitely. But, no, I agree. I mean, it's, it's hard because you have to be determined. It's very easy to get enthusiastic. And then within a week, you're like, OK, this book, forget it. It was a good idea. But now what? You know, to stay with it. That's the discipline. But at the same time, there's a place where it's like, okay, now we're done. Let's focus on... That's when it got funny, when I started thinking, oh, now I'm going to be doing nothing, basically. I'm going (laughs) to slow down. And I started thinking, okay, so Isabella, take care of her and be there for her and everything else. Teaching about five to six courses a semester in college. That's more than a full-time load. Um, With uh, Rich, 
by the way, Rich not joining us today since we're at my, at, uh, my house and Rich was horrendously sick. We miss you, Rich. Hey, what's up? Uh, sorry you didn't get to meet Pete another time. The, with Rich running the Drunken Taoist, continuing this because I'm having lots of fun with it. I want to start now this uh, historical podcast that I've been working like a dog on, doing crazy amount of research, so it should be coming out pretty soon, at some point in the first half of 2015. And, and then working with you right now on uh, pitching projects, TV-related or movie-related. Other oh, than that, then, yeah. I would be doing nothing. Yeah. You know? And that's only Monday um, and Tuesday. you got to yeah. fill Wednesday, Thursday, Friday yeah, still. Yeah, then I just yeah. start working out more. You know, when, I, when I hear this, I don't know where, we're, where, we're, where we started or where we're going on this, but I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, you, I would just say we just got to keep doing what you're doing. You know, protect your soul with like with, with a gun. Don't let anybody squash it. And uh, and um, and 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 just good luck. <laughs> you know, because uh, you know the thing about changing is it, it's so difficult to change. Mm-hmm. And we're in a path. Uh, we're in a path that was built before us and will continue after us. And we're in that stream. We were writing about you know about. Uh, about George Armstrong Custer and, and Crazy Horse and so on, and, and they, they were they had their own powers, of course, but they were caught in a in a, in a destiny that, yeah. that was way bigger than they are anyway. And I think we all are in that. We're in that wave. We're in the wave of our our parents and our ancestors' genetics. We're in the the way our cultures lined up. And so you just you've got to find out what you're doing and, and do it. And if you're not doing enough of what you want to do, then do more of it. And if you're doing too, if you're, if you're not clear on what you're doing because you're, it's too scattered, well then pare it down, but you're still going to do what you do. Uh, that, that's an old, that's from the Bhagavad Gita and where, where Krishna in there actually says, listen, it doesn't matter what you, what you say or your, what you say or what you claim, you're still just going to do what you do because that's your nature. And in fact, you're not going to change your nature. Your nature is what it is. What you can do that's is... What, that's, what, that's what torture is about. Torture yeah, is right. about changing someone's nature. They Absolutely. don't know who they are anymore. Or solitary confinement or these... This is to change people, uh, but to fuck them up. Just to ruin them. You know, it's, it's not... There's no changing of nature that's healthy in any way. Uh, Me being yeah. in academia, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yes. basically getting your PhD. Yeah. Either torture or getting your PhD. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> no, totally. And that's the thing that I don't think is anybody's telling you you shouldn't have the nature you have, regardless of what it is, because it's, it's what you have. It's like, but what you can do is when, if parts of your nature are less than desirable, or rather, if pushing so hard on some aspects of your nature produce less than desirable results, is about... Emotional results sometimes, not even results, yeah, right? it's about tweaking it. It's about... Don't Fine think that you're going to change yourself 100% because it's not going to happen. But if you can change 10% mm. of your direction, it's huge. Yeah. If you can just sort of smooth the edges so they're not tuning. so sharp. Yeah, no. and, just so... and if you could stay soft in that, if you just don't kill yourself over exactly. that, you know? It reminds me, when I, when I had a... When you have a bad back, for instance, you think, I wish I didn't have a bad back. I want to get rid of this bad back. But if you... If you, if you Take the edge off that bad back by five percent. Your whole life is way better. Exactly. So it's it's always a daily kind of uh, just a fine tuning and maybe asking yourself in the morning, am I doing too many projects? Exactly. Am I am I out of control right now? Yeah. And and you know that's what meditation and mantra is all about on one level. Who has time for that when you have children anyway or whatever? But it's, you can still have that conversation in the morning. Just just take that ten seconds and say, am I doing what I want to do? I, I'm I'm so reflexive. I just go straight to what I'm doing and don't don't think sometimes. You know, I got up today and I started working on a project. The 
minute. I just walked right out and of said, course. I had these ideas for these characters that we've talked about. I wanted to know why they do what they do, and I had the ideas, and I wanted to write them down. Yep. I didn't stop and you know and and uh, and and do you know do my rosary or or uh, <laughs> you know sun salutations or, or just uh, or, or anything and I think else. We need to because uh, it's, it's whatever that is, whatever that's a metaphor yeah, for doing whatever, whatever you have course. to do. Yeah. No, we need to find the ritual, that ceremony, that puts you in a different space, whether it's taking a dog for a walk right. every day, whether right. it's gardening, whether it is something that takes you to a different space. Yeah. That's don't wake relaxed. up with a don't wake up with a chain through your nose pulling you before, without exactly. your without your consciousness. And that, that that happens to me all the time. So I I I I'm with everybody else out there who feels it. You know, but it's a drag being you can claim you're free by what you do but if you're being dragged around by impulses that you can't yeah. figure out then it's not freedom no you know so and everyone will have that because we are naturally built to be impulsive that's how what he, like, like I've got a, a little baby girl from the moment she's born she's pointing at things she doesn't even know what she's pointing at she just points because this world is so yeah. uh compelling mm -hmm. it's so beautiful yep. it's so attractive she wants to see it all already and that's how we are built but uh, you know trying to just not be led by the by the uh, by an addiction a purely yeah, addictive quality problem, you know there are some things that are good in a measure but if you go past that measure they turn into addiction and they turn into obsession and obsession is not really a healthy thing yeah, no yeah. matter how yeah. If it can produce amazing results, it's still not healthy. Not if you can have a gentle obsession, I think that's a, that's the yeah, that's a natural like that. technique. You know, we, we're natural instinct of you, we are obsessive beings. We're like homo obsessive. You know what I mean? Like I don't know that, that didn't sound right, did it? Homo obsessive. But anyway, I think you understand. It was the Homo sapiens play. It yeah. was whatever. You know, it's all good. But. Um, uh, th yeah, no, uh, how to make that gentle, right? Because it's just... I like um, what it was, a gentle obsession. I like that a lot. We'll because we'll make it's, it, yeah. I think it's the title of this podcast episode. A, a gentle, gentle obsession. I like I it. it. I like because it too. Uh, without that degree of manic, I want to get it done, there's then, before you know it, you're watching 12 hours of Jerry Springer and doing stuff that is like... I mean, maybe you, you're not really living up to your potential in any way. But at the same time, if it turns into this 24-7 manic, I can't stop, I need to go, 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 you're not enjoying anything. So that balance between the two, that's why a gentle obsession is perfect. Well, is you have that drive, but it doesn't kill you, you know? Because that's the thing that when you think about so many great artists, whether musicians, whether filmmakers, whether writers, whether in any other forms, so many of them are fucking crazy and they ended up fucking crazy. You know, when you think about the Caravaggio of the world or you think about the Jimi Hendrix of the world, everything, why do they always have to end up badly? Well, it's you know? funny because even you think about the Tom Petty's in the world. Tom Petty once said, I thought I had, I punched a wall once because I thought I had to be in pain to create. You right. Know? I mean, and, and you know, uh, uh, and, you know, Paul Simon said, like, I, I thought I had to be stoned to write, you know, yeah. and maybe some people have to be stoned to write or stoned, stoned to skate or stoned mm -hmm. to whatever they got to be doing, you know, but um, it, don't be so sure that that's true. You no, know, whatever, exactly. you know, exactly. Because um, I think there's something about I think there's some way in which you can become not even just as effective, possibly even more effective doing less, which seems completely paradoxical and it's clearly not where we are succeeding at, but I think it's a goal to keep in mind. How to make every word count, how to make every hour you are count, less quantity, more quality, 
which is clearly difficult because you know is that's uh, the meditation imagine if you and what you said and keep it in mind imagine if you kept that in mind all the time i know you'd be a different i, I would i would slow down when i talk it would I turn know. on you know you almost got an italian accent <laughs> i always do italian when i'm around yeah. you when i did bruce lee i did asian all the time and my my, my wife would just say you, you know we're actually in a in a chinese restaurant right now you can't oh, actually God. do that terrible accent right now and so but what are you gonna do Shit, i hate to know what they did to your food yeah. <laughs> you know but here's the thing we, we have to go right now in our spare time we put this together we've got this fantastic six-part series that we developed we got to go pitch it right now but we got to go pitch it with our gentle obsession with the gentle obsession we're not yes. obsessed we're, yeah. we're gentle we're gonna i planned uh, the john milius approach walking to a meeting putting a loaded gun on the table say so are we gonna do this or not <laughs> I like that actually. Okay, let's. That could still be gentle in a way, couldn't it? It's like you, you I place the gun gently. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, or, or with a big smile. Yeah, the big Just smile. Like, yeah. Hey, how are you guys? It is by 45. I like so, it. We you gotta love. Saying. You gotta love John Milius and all the great lines he's done, all the great work he's done, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, oh, he's maybe he's our guy today. I, I say so, definitely. So why don't we do? Let's see if there's gonna be a part two that we combine into this episode. So. We're recorded right now. Let's see if uh, post-meeting and before Pete's flight back to Vancouver, we have time to get some more. You guys are about to find out in the next 10 seconds. Always a pleasure. I think we still can uh, throw in some more. That'd be great. But so much fun. Yeah. Did we solve anything? Was there anything deep there? Here we go, round two. So apparently there is a round two. Here we are. Um, back one, from the back from the pitch. Back from the pitch. We mm-hmm. are so badass. We were. We just. We own the, the Warner Brother lot. Yeah, mm. it's. I think they are going to make us great gods of movie making anytime now. <laughs> I think if I don't have a statue that like. 200 years from now, screenwriters bow to whenever invoking their blessings upon beginning to write a screenplay. There's something wrong with this. There, there, there may be something wrong though, so that might not happen. Yeah. You know, there but, could be something wrong. What a cruel, cruel world. <laughs> but um, one thought that we were having while in the when we were riding in the car and chatting, continuing on some of the discussion from the podcast earlier. Um, why do we do it? You know, this whole idea of obsession, this whole idea of uh, this creative drive that you have to satisfy or else, why? What is that we're trying to achieve? I mean, beside the fact that there clearly is something rewarding about expressing yourself, very Bruce Lee-like, uh, beside the fact that there is something that sometimes the creative process is its own reward. And there's something in the human nature that needs to create. We, we love to create. We're a creative species. Absolutely. So that's real. It's true. It's right there. And at the same time, is there more to that? And I threw out the idea when we were driving to the pitch that we, we, we do a lot of this stuff because we want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And for stemming back from our childhood when we were said, you know, you could be a great this. We were loved because we had talent or something we created something that we you're that you're great at this we love that we love that you're working hard at this or if you do this you, you could write the greatest book ever or you could play in the nhl or the nfl or the nba you're so great and we were valued for our achievements i think that plays a, a little role in there whether we like it to or not 
And if you don't do it, you're a fucking failure. And exactly. You have no self-esteem and you deserve no love. And most of the things we, we couldn't do anywhere. Like if, if someone says, you know, you write the greatest book of all time and look at you. I mean, you can never achieve it. So, uh, well, you might be able to achieve it, but it won't be a unanimous vote. Let's just say that. So you, you're always at this place of um, uh, not quite achieving. Right where you have to push yourself and I hate bringing up like it's a parental thing I don't mean that in that sense at all of any kind of blame just the way we we communicate and what matters and what what's valued and what are we loved for in a way or or at least what are people excited about us for and if that's what it is some of it is completely counterproductive because the time and energy that you're spending locked up in a room typing away chasing everybody away going like fuck you all just shut up already I need to do my thing those are sometimes the very people in your life who are there to love you and appreciate you and, and you chase them away because you're busy creating so that you can be loved. And it's like, you're kind of missing the boat here. There's, it's right there for you in this moment. It's, it's a certainly an existential Camus, Sartre kind of love that is uh, unattainable. Right. It's a bit godlike in a way. You're, you're trying to achieve the ultimate um, full love, like uh, I'm fully loved. So in some ways... Which, of course, you don't get. I mean, neither fame nor, nor money gets you those things anyway. Right. Nor, nor the completion of those, those projects. I mean, they don't get you that love anyway, too. So it's some sort of, uh, we, we, we are not, we, we're misinterpreting uh, what that is uh, for sure. And your point's well taken. Like, why not just go around and hang out with some people that love you? <laughs> there, you're cured now. Right. You know? <laughs> so... Yeah. Are you done? Like, are you not directing anymore? I'm quitting. Anymore? I'm quitting today. I'm just going to have just... I'm going to ask you if we can just cuddle for a little while. Just okay. a little cuddle and just say, like, I'm complete now. You complete me, Daniele. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> no, I mean, it is, it is a good... You had me at my car, Mick. That's um, that's what, that's what this, is, this podcast is all about. It's, it's time to reveal the true nature of... No, I, I don't... I don't, I, I don't it's, a, it's a tough... There ain't no cure for love, as Leonard mm-hmm. Cohen once said. I don't know if we meant that. I don't know if he's referring to writing or what he's referring to, but it, just saying Leonard Cohen sounds cool. So. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and on a Beatles end, it's very all you need is love kind yeah, of right. thing, because what you're saying is, but, but no, I guess realistically, like, what is that? Okay, we got that. So there is something, some, at least part of what we do, we do for, because we want that. Think about the flavor when you're like four or three or five, the excitement of the, Oh, from a parent. Oh, yeah, you could be, you're so this. It, it, that, think of what that would do to the, the neural transmitters of a little kid. It makes them feel all kinds of joy. And that translates in different ways as we go, you know? So the moral of the story is never compliment your kids about anything. Don't encourage them because otherwise you'll turn them into obsessive. But don't things. insult them either. Right. It's really a fine, but we're talking about how do you do that? Yeah. You, so I say, to, I, say, I say to my little one when he's drawing, not, wow, that's a fantastic drawing. I say, that took a lot of concentration. You'd have to really concentrate to get that so beautiful, didn't you? Trying to keep it in that context. Not right. like you're going to be a, the next Picasso or that you could do this for a living or the whole world will be moved by your great right. pencil drawings. I mean, it, it, I don't know if it makes any difference, man. We could be way off base but it certainly is a, a it's a strange disease to feel like I can never get enough yeah. feedback you know in our business after a while you realize every day in, in the in the art in the culture and art world every day you're trying to turn someone on with the work you do yep. you guys want to give us money to do this do you guys are turned on are you turned on enough to give us money uh-huh. to do this do you love this this pitch I'm doing do you like this 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 music I'm writing do you like this uh-huh. book I'm writing that's a very strange sort of desperate, young, chasing first girlfriend kind of relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
You know, we add more layers to our psychosis. I yes. know. Jesus, sorry guys, we thought we were going to come back with some answers. No, but I mean, I guess it's interesting because there is that level to it all, and at the same time, there is the fact that we still enjoy it. So it's not that tomorrow you're going to stop writing, creating, or anything. So why, you know, if no, you feel that yeah. you understood uh, what it is, where it comes from, and sort of this desire to be validated, to be loved, <laughs> and by the way, even about the whole thing to be loved. And now to talk to your kids, in some way, even that could be, you know, if you are talking to your kids in terms of, oh, look at that, you're really talented for this. It could be, hey, maybe you can have lots of fun doing this for a living. That's a great thing. Or, or you could have lots of fun just doing it. Yeah, exactly. How much fun is that to do that drawing, huh? That's exactly. fun. Fun's great. Fun, fun and joy and, and experience is, is have values in themselves. We don't often drop right. things out that way. We always say it has to achieve something. Yeah, it's you're going to be the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to write oh, the best. Oh, look at this. Yeah, and they feel the tone anyway because we're saying, I'm so proud because my genetic, half of my gen- genes is making a beautiful drawing right now, yeah, you know? and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a weird thought of half of my genes doing your drawing, isn't it? But anyway. So in that sense, having emphasizing more something like fun and joy, which are in the here and now, mm-hmm. as opposed to achievement, mm-hmm. which is always either in the past or mm-hmm. in the future, that may not be a bad idea. No, I think that's a great idea. And, and also, maybe that's what we do for ourselves as well in doing it. But also, listen, when, I, when I'm writing and I get a line that I love or um, <clears throat> when I'm cutting or editing or shooting mm-hmm. and I do something that I love, that is my most exciting moment when we're doing this work we're doing right now we find that like oh man that's not because i suddenly feel loved by my parents or anybody else so there's an inherent moment when when just doing something and finding something that resonates somehow externally and with our in ourselves just is is so thrilling that that is uh a natural desire i think we like to feel we've communicated something either to ourselves or externally and i so that that is where that's the actual uh, tightrope between all the stuff we just talked about and the reality of creating yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yeah, because there is something that's in the moment, the uh, act of creating something that in that second you realize, damn, that's amazing. Yeah, you feel amazing. And it's and it is joyous. It is fun. It is intense. Yeah. it is alive almost. Yeah. And I, that's a that's the best, man. I mean, it is. So and we, we so we crave that too. There is a, you can even in the conversation you can feel the sort of potential addiction problems with this, can't you? It's sort of a junkie. We're like creative junkies. Yep. But I think it comes back again to um, the what we're talking about the the uh, gentle obsession. You just got to hold these things more lightly. Yeah. Enjoy that. Enjoy doing it, man. Right. Um, and, and but uh, that takes. Um, sometimes I think we're afraid that if we get into the Zen of it, the Zen will mean no energy to do it as yeah, well. It's like yeah, I'm so yeah. relaxed, man. I just want to go for a walk instead of creating. Maybe that's what you should do. But exactly, because again, maybe there's a point where diminishing right, returns. It is a very fine line because on one end, if you get if you wait to be inspired and you put, don't put in all the hard work, you write one line every two mm-hmm. years. And if you, so if you want to get stuff done, you have to put in the hard work and the granting and everything else. But at the same time, if you don't, if it's all about hard work and grant and so on, you just don't enjoy anything in the process. And you're an addict who's just chasing the next high that will last real brief. And then you have another three months of hard work before you feel anything again. And that's not particularly rewarding for anybody. And you are... You know. It is a fine line. It is a fine line. You rarely hear the... the an oxymoronic term is the lazy genius, though. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. So yeah, it, yeah. it's crazy, you know, but... Uh, um, and, and much more likely, the manic genius is much more likely. Mm-hmm. So you really do have to decide... You have to keep... You know, and again, it's gentle. You have to just fine-tune and fine-tune and fine-tune... 
and not hate yourself when you haven't fine-tuned, you know? Yeah. So, uh... That's a hell of a hard process. Yeah, I think we're on to something, though, aren't they? But, but and all we're thinking about in both of our heads is how do we get this next ne- next bit of the screenplay written? Of course. So it's so weird, isn't it? Of course, it? it is. And I've got this thing at home i got to get to, and on the plane I'm going to work on this. Oh, and, yeah. You know, so it is a dance, man. Yeah, right now we're like, let me see, we may have a half hour to record a quick second part of the podcast, but then the second it's over, you need to get to the airport while in the, you're thinking about writing that piece of the screenplay while I'll write the other Right, part. and we're actually, and, then, and part of me was thinking, let's not do this podcast right now because we should work on this screenplay ideas that, exactly. we're, that we've got going right now so we are like basically we're giant fat troubled hypocrites right now yeah. talking yeah, no, I, <laughs> can somebody if this was a call-in show call in and save us you know <laughs> it's hard man because you go one inch no. more that way no and, and, you and go we got more. we got a whole bunch of love today we know yeah. what we're doing was great the pitch was great they loved it we know it's exciting and we want to create man yep. we want to create those shows that have moved us we want to create that film that moved us the songs that move us the books that move us because we live for that. But it is existential because when do we say, I want that, but just as rich as my my presentness uh, with my children, with, with so, socializing with the people that I really dig, why is that just as valuable? That actually works a lot for me. You just have to make sure you... Um, make sure you uh, take the time to do that yeah. because that does, that does a lot for me. But with kids and stuff, for the 20 minutes of playing on the ground, the Lego mm-hmm. and stuff, that has to really... You, I really have to get out of my framework to stay there. There's uh, this one... Book. My obsession. I have to get yeah, out of my no, obsession I, I, I to be there. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. There's a Buddhist guy, Teshu. He was a sword master and a calligrapher. Sounds like a guy the, with an allergy, Teshu. You I know. <laughs> Late 1800s. I may be completely mispronouncing it. It's T-E-S-S-H-U. And, Sounds uh, like Teshu. Teshu. Good <laughs> enough. And um, one of the things, he at one point decided he was going to in his perfect, beautiful calligraphy, he was going to start writing down the entire Buddhist canon. Thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. A lifetime of work, maybe you get half of it done, and he was already not young, and they were like... One guy was like, are you going to do that? And Tashu's answer was, one page at a time. And I was like, that's perfect. Yeah, it's the Buddhist idea. You continually just get up, you 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 uh, get water and you pick up uh, wood for the fire and you, you just keep going. Thing, you know, you keep when it's healthy, but then there's a point where maybe it's not the time mm. to write the next page. It is really and you yeah. go play with kids. And the problem with the justification comes for me on many levels. I'll say this like, well, I don't see anybody else paying my mortgage. That's one justification. Right. The other one is, um, I know that if I don't work this late, I can't get it to the level that I want to get it at. Of course. And so. I, I I don't know, you know. It, it trust trust is a huge issue, by the way. There's a lot mm-hmm. of a lack of trust in all of this. Right. We've, we just we had this huge conversation like 20 minutes ago uh, while cooking lunch that we were making cooking as quickly as possible so we could get back to work yeah. um, about about um, um, is life worthwhile? Not when we are, and it's so frustrating with life not knowing what happens to us when we're gone, and and the and the despair and the sort of Sartre-like existential dis- distress that comes out of not knowing what happens, and and then you can get someone gives you evidence that we move on, we we continue, but we fight that sure. because it's not. What if for whatever reason and vice versa, but um, so there is trust is a huge issue. I think going around here and gentle trust. Like, can we trust just because we're going to die? Can we can we can we hang in there in a cool way? Just because we can't always get the perfect work, can we just hang in there and enjoy it and be the coolest dude in town and still love life and and, yeah. and so on and. So, so I think trust is big. I think gentle, you know, uh, being gentle with the, our obsessions. I think making sure we. You have that same fire for the ones we love, you mm-hmm. know, the same intensity of 
of giving uh, and affection that we feel for our works. Anything else? Is that yeah? Because I mean, ultimately, the great any activity it can be because you are really into martial arts, it can be you're really into writing, it can be you're really into doesn't fucking matter what field. But the one thing or the two or three or four that you dedicate yourself to, ultimately, those are things that should be at the service of life. It's not that your life should be at the service of these fields. That's just inverting the priorities. So it's like writing, martial arts, whatever the hell that people may enjoy. That's only as good as it's improving the quality of your life. Mm. If suddenly it's giving you these super moments of high, but there are fewer far between and it's fucking up. 80% 80% of the rest of your life, maybe it's not such a good idea. That's interesting. And you know what's cool about what you're saying is that if you push that direction you're going a little farther, it goes even deeper. And it's that reminds me of the Bob Dylan tune. Of course, you know, you got to serve somebody. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. So uh, who are we serving when we do our work? I'm not saying we should serve the Lord or serve the devil, but who are we serving? Right. You know, who are we actually? Cause, because his point being, and the point being of all sort of esoteric religious ideas or spiritual ideas is that we serve somebody at, mm-hmm. at some point and you can feel it. We're always serving somebody. Right. We're always doing something for somebody. We're doing it for the money. We're doing it for our wife mm-hmm. or our husband or our partner. We're doing it for our kids. You're always serving somebody or you're doing it for your own ego. Yeah. But so who are you going to serve and how can you have that? That's a big question, but um, are we doing it for, uh, are we serving joy for instance? Right. I'm doing this to make my life more joyful or am I doing it to make my parents love me and I'm 50 years old or 40 years old? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. like they, they didn't love me then they're not going to love me now no they were, they were good parents or right? even if they do exactly yeah. like some of it is psychosis oh it's definitely oh it's not grounded in, in reality, reality at all it's a in, in, the, in the, it is yeah for sure but, definitely and some of it stemmed from from what's happened to you uh-huh. us in the past where we found out we got love or we thought it was love or right. whatever but at, at some point there is a maturity or an evolution of the of the self where you have to find a way to let a lot of that go because it's not real anymore. I mean, we've got our own kids, we've got our own life, we've got our own um, journey and we've also produced things. So really, if you look at the, you know, if you look at what you've produced, then you should be fully loved, right? No, I know it's it's such a trip. Yeah. But as we meditate upon the existential implications of it all, tell me a little bit about simple, less philosophical, just down to the nuts and bolts of it all. Uh, what were you just working on? With uh, I know you have your TV series just came out what a few days ago. Yeah, it came out on HBO Canada, which was great. It's a it's um it's a documentary TV series that, uh, that I had the privilege of creating, um, and it's uh, called Sports on Fire, and it's where sports and history collide. And it's been great. I mean, we've done we have I've got to in the same year I've got to do documentaries on uh, on the, the like the uh, for instance what was a famous hockey series called the Summit Series between Canada and the Soviet. 1972, right in the heart of the Cold War, the implications of that. I, I'm Munich in 72, I interviewed the the widow of uh, one of the Israeli uh, athletes mm-hmm. who was uh, murdered by terrorists in 72. Uh, it was a fascinating story. And, they, and they, what the great thing about good stories is they always apply to the present, mm-hmm. which is really great too. And of course, they're still trying to get a moment of silence at the at the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. For many many reasons, they can't get that. Uh, I've got my own theories on why they can't. Um, 
uh, did one on uh, on uh, on um, the Hitler and, and the 1936 Olympics and and you know what happens when despots run Olympics and right. what they get out of it and Jesse Owens's role in that and and going into the and 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 uh, right up to right up through 1968 with the Black Power salute interviewed wow. interviewed a guy called Harry Edwards who was behind that power salute it yeah. was great did one on this is one that was really fun on the prohibition bootlegging good old boys and corn whiskey and the rise of NASCAR out of that that was great uh, out of stock car racing and the NASCAR from that and trying to beat the Police, uh, trying to beat uh, the police down the down the trails. Yeah. And we did one on gender testing in women for women in, in in sport, which was very humbling because science cannot solve that answer. They think they can. They keep trying. Chromosomes doesn't give you the answer. Lifting up a skirt doesn't give you the answer. Right. Um, um, uh, testosterone. Fun, it's still fun uh, as long as it's consensual. Right. Uh, testosterone results don't give you the answer. So that was that's been great. And then we did one on that. Very minor, um, um, hardly ever talked about steroids in sports, which is uh, you know more popular than getting out of Iraq or uh, sure. or, uh, or healthcare in 2005. Right. More more congressional hearings on that than than, than yeah. those two events. But it, what a what a thing to work on for one year. It was just the greatest um, creative trip, and and I met met fan, worked with great people. My my team was wonderfully creative and talented, and then I and I and I met all kinds of great athletes. You know, everyone from Tyler Hamilton, who was uh, who was uh, Lance Armstrong, mm-hmm. uh, gold medalist, and Lance Armstrong's teammate. Bill Romanowski, who won four Super Bowls, played 240 straight games as a lineman in the NFL. That's sort of like living till you're 10,000. Um, interviewed Mark Spitz, who was at Munich, Jewish, and won seven gold medals in that Olympics. What a what a clash of yeah. of uh, happenings for him. Um, <clears throat> Bobby Clark, Ken Dryden, and other hockey players. Uh, Bobby Clark, who was the, the, the leader of the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, all these great guys. And then Harry Edwards, who was behind the Olympic movement. Donovan Bailey, who won a gold medal after after uh, Ben Johnson's gold medal. Try to redeem Canada from what? Everybody was using steroids anyway when yeah. Ben Johnson won the race. Who are we kidding? So And so these great people. You know, I, I, I'm missing out people because there's too many great ones of to course. mention. No, that's... that's it was a real thrill. A real that's thrill. part of your job that's... Uh, Great. I love like that. When you did the I Am Bruce Lee, you got to meet a bunch of amazing people. Daniele Bolelli. Most importantly of all. Here I am yes. now. Who else invites me over, feeds me past, and does, does projects with me? Well, a couple of them, but that's beside the point. No, this is it's a that's, that's, that was a great uh, that was a great um, serendipitous. Yeah, uh, I remember meeting. when they told me it's like, do you want to do? We're gonna shoot Kobe Bryant one day. We're gonna shoot uh, Gina Carano another day. John Jones. We can try to squeeze you in between. I was like. I would much rather shoot a scene in which I'm frolicking in a pool of chocolate with Gina Carano as opposed to we did, after. But <laughs> we did entice you by saying we're going to squeeze you in between Gina Carano. Yeah, that was a nice thing, you know. Totally, I'm completely in favor of that. She, she was quite lovely, but, actually. Um, yeah. The, where can people see the series? The series right now is uh, there are always ways to see it online, as we all know. Mm-hmm. But it's on. It's coming on on HBO Canada. You can actually check out the trailer and stuff on HBO Canada. And our push is for to make, have an American release uh, sometime. Uh, as soon as possible, that but that's great. the deal we're doing. But it's a six-part episode, six-part episodic series um, that is uh, that uh, is, is, is just it's great. It's just an honor and privilege to work with those people. Awesome. And um, I was going to say also, and I am Bruce Lee's on iTunes, which of course Danielle is in, and, and, and Facing Ali's on iTunes as well. Great. And I'm, I've got a novel that I that I wrote uh, called I Am Understanding Ken that is just uh, in, almost in electronic format soon. So they're putting it as yeah. an ebook. As an ebook, yeah. Nice. Excellent. So there's a bunch of stuff, but uh, one thing that you can check to is um, see how it plays out. Do an audio version. 
you know. I, I like it. It's in the voice of a 10-year-old, which, of course, is my voice and the speed of my voice. And it actually is kind of me. So it's all the same when I talk about, yeah, when I was a kid, it was just unbelievable. It was like Ken Dryden was here. And, you know. I know. It's like your audio book is going to be 250 pages in about 21 minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> Nobody understood. I'm going to get you, an Italian with a great accent, to do my book of my, my childhood. Where I'm a 10-year-old Canadian boy. <laughs> Playing hockey. Yes, I love the Montreal Canadians. I feel like 10-year-old Canadian boy. <laughs> On a regular basis, so I'm, uh, it's my secret identity. That's and, I, why and, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm Italian deep down too, you know. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's cool, man. Yeah, that stuff you can definitely play with. And, and now, thanks, man. But and now you're cutting back on everything. You're hardly doing anything now, right now. You're yeah, just, it's, I mean, it's, it's, only it's, it's gonna be two podcasts, uh, teaching. Uh, well, that brings up a question about this. Yeah. Speaking of that, do you do you find yourself needing to say? how much you work and what a hard worker you are because I kind of find myself in that some part of me saying I've worked so hard on this I've done so much here I've got these things going sure because that's the other way to try to validate yourself yeah. is there are the results yeah. that are good but also the look how hard I've worked am I, I know. not good what is and the point are, of that huh? and then you get off on any time well I mean this is a I do too all the time I've got the same, pro- it's a same weird um, thing because on one end you clearly get off on people's praise, you know, yeah. if people appreciate what you do. You want them to validate you. Uh, yeah. You want them to know how hard you work. You Absolutely. want them to do this stuff. And at the same time, you're also doing it because part of it is not simple ego boosting, but if you do feel that you are helping somebody else's life and that people are getting something useful from it, the same way as you get something useful from reading certain books or watching a certain movie. Of course, yeah. That they help your life. It's nice. It makes you want to create more, you know. So yeah. there is a, a some oh, yeah. of it is ego, but some of it is yeah. also to move people like, is an amazing yeah, thing. But let me ask you this though: Do you find? Do you find also? I, my point is, we have to be careful of our language. We we don't we real we're unconscious as to what we're saying. I do it all the time. I say, yeah, I've been working so hard on this thing, and someone else says, oh, Pete's been working like day and night. Yeah. I feel good about that again. But imagine, I feel good about what we just said. I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I feel good because I'm a I'm a good person, right? I'm a hard worker, yeah. right? I care about things, and yeah. my dad loves me, right? And and my and everyone's gonna think I'm great, and I can um, and I'm trying to pay my mortgage, and I'm I'm underappreciated, by the way. I'm that's in there somewhere. Right. I'm underappreciated in there. Right. True or false? That's part of that vibe of that comment. So, imagine if you could just do your work and let it be what it is. That'd yeah, be great, just wouldn't it? Have fun. Yeah. Just enjoy know. what the fuck you're doing. Do you think people can listen to this and just say these guys are fucked up, man? This is not. Well, really. I mean, I'm sure. People can relate. Sadly, for a lot of people, people can relate, but also yeah. not, because there's also a lot of passion, a lot of drive, a lot of things that are good. It's not, if it was a simple story where it's like, oh, crazy, fucked up people, or amazing avatars coming from outer space showing us how to live, it's not like that. Yeah. There's some of it is really good, some of it has a very dark side, and you can't really separate the two neatly. Right. They kind of go hand in hand, and the game is not to hope, because you can't, to separate them and have only the good without the bad, but it's to lessen in the bad. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, 10, yeah. more per, 10 more percent of the more pleasant side, 10% less of... Just that would be enough. Yeah, know? no, for sure. Exactly, just just take the edge off, like yeah. a... Like a, like a, like a, like a like a nice, like a glass of wine kind of yeah, thing, right? Just, you know, I want to say something about this too, because in all this, the, the, the irony of this, I think this works for Daniel A too, is one thing that I don't have and Daniel A doesn't have is that that there's not a limit on doing stuff. Like, I'm not afraid to do something new. When I was asked, why do I do multiple mm-hmm. mediums? I never went, oh, I can't sing. I'm not going to do this. I can't write. I just did them. And that's one of the built-in freedoms. And perhaps that's on the flip side from the encouragement of our parents saying you've read the greatest book ever. So I do want to say to anybody out there who's got the talent or, or even has the inspiration 
and, and doesn't do it because they limit themselves with that language, that I can't relate to as much. But do whatever you can to do it anyway because, believe me, failure is a given. Yep. It's oh, just a given. Sure. So just do it knowing that I don't care what they're going to say so much because I'm going to fail. And you get better by doing. So if you're feeling, if you've got something you love and you're passionate about and you want to do it, Ignore some of the things we said about cutting yeah. back and just do it yeah. and screw everybody else. I don't care if you're a poet or a musician or a writer. Just dream those ones because what else is there? And back to our finite ending of life, get that in there before that. Absolutely, because <laughs> that's also the other issue is what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the alternative is work, some shitty job that you don't like and, yeah. uh, and yeah. come home, watch TV, go yeah. to sleep. Oh my God. Okay, so we got something. We've got gentle uh, session. Yeah. We've got trust. And I think we, you've got to get gratitude in there then, right? Because yeah. I'm still grateful I do what I do. Yeah. So for all my, and every time I do a job, and there's certain dilemmas in that job, in that process of doing it, I think, what's the common dominant denominator? It happens every time I do a job, there's the same kind of weird, oh, I'm the common denominator. Yeah. I'm the guy who's in the, every single job I do. Yeah. And so it, there's clearly some way that I phrase, that I communicate, that I do something that creates a certain tension. That is about me, yeah. you know, so, uh, so that's one side. But really, if you got something you want to do, that man, just just dig in and do it. Mm-hmm. And, if, and, and you know, even Hemingway said every first draft is shit. Right. That's Hemingway. And, um, of course, in the end, he blew his brains out with a gun. But that's beside the point. It has nothing to do with my point that I'm trying to make here. Yeah. Don't do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Blow your brain. Yeah. Because yeah. they are. They are they're, actually, that's also style. Because sometimes we are what people do when it's like, yeah, I'm glad that works for you. Because my thing is I'm kind of slow. But usually my first take is it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Close to yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, like sure. It requires sure. very minor editing. Yeah. It takes me a long time to write a page. Yeah. But once yeah. it's done, that page yeah. is 95% done. I'm not yeah. going to redo it. That yeah, yeah, time, yeah. So. I see that with you. And you can tell it on the nature that I can go over. I, I can go over things so many times. Right. And I've never, but I never feel like gone too far. I always feel like right. I go to the I remember once I was working on a screenplay going over it and over it. My sister, I was at my sister's house living off her, her or somebody or somehow living off somebody. My sister walks in and she goes, I can't believe what you do. I watch you going over, over and over the screenplay, over and over. It just makes me sick. I just, the thought of, doing that makes right. me sick I just I can't believe what you're doing she just walked out I said oh that, thanks for those words of inspiration I appreciate it a great sister by the way but it was so funny she just couldn't believe someone could go over and over yeah. things I can rewatch movies I can edit and edit and edit and right. that's the nature too yeah. you can't edit if you can't go over things a hundred times you no, know so you, you, it, it's all we're all you know working inside the, the strengths and the natures that we have yeah. and how do you fine tune them and that's the question we're asking today right yeah because they all come with their set of strengths and weaknesses yeah. and you just have to figure out the best way Go to the strengths. Go to the strengths. Exactly. Yeah. Just rest yeah. in one side. Yeah. Strengthen the other. Yeah. All is good. Take an edge off. Be gentle with yourself. Trust as much as you can. Be grateful if you're enjoying what you're doing. And Charles, yep. uh, we're like the positive people now. We've just sw- we've just switched it right around. That's, one bowl of pasta, some carbohydrates, and look at us. That's uh, that's how the game often works. <laughs> I need to go to deep, dark, and ugly to emerge into something good. You're like a butterfly. I feel that you know the ones that tell me, oh, it's all for the best. It's all amazing. I want to punch them. Well, it's the old like, saying when someone says, oh, it's all good. I say, oh, really? It's all good? Like you're enjoying like the massacre yeah, in, yeah. In, in the Congo right now? Right. You're, it's not all good man exactly. a lot of it's all shit and so you do have to you have to fight and for the, the good and then the people who get stuck into this all shit I'm like what are you talking about yeah, have yeah, you yeah. not seen the yeah. tomatoes in the garden yeah, yeah. You know, and I, but I don't think there's a balance there I think you have to hedge your bet towards good yeah. and great to be happy otherwise it'll it'll Absolutely. eat you up you know but acknowledge in the ugly side yeah, otherwise you're sure. spending your time
and going la 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 I don't see yeah, I don't yeah, see yeah, yeah. yeah and that shows in work the one thing about artists artists do know they know their dark side yeah you have to know the dark side your dark oh, yeah. side otherwise you can't write anything of any value if you just think it's all good it'll show on the page you yeah know? that's a fact so for sure so I would say I make a well, not a promise, a semi-promise that, you know, we had actually... A Make part. a promise you don't have to keep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end of December, we had an episode with Sam Sheridan and Tad Russell where they were discussing their creative psychosis. Here we are again. So, you know, we're going to get you somebody mellow, who smoke a lot of weed, who think he's a life That's not grand. me? That doesn't describe me? Not exactly. Oh, man. And so we're going to, at some point, I swear, we're going to switch gears in case you're overloading on this. But this was, you know, this is very real. It's very in the, with the guts. And uh, and we shifted towards the positive. Exactly. We, we tried to so, have, look, we have, little, we have little points. One, be good to yourself. Absolutely. Two, you know. So, no, that's important. Because, yeah, that's what it's about. Shine, man. We, we shine more than we know, though. But, we really do. Yeah. And when I think, again, about some of the lines that we had today for the pitch and some of the lines that we wrote down, Damn, that's epic. Those are good, powerful things that I go back to. I'm like, because there are so many things that sometimes I read and I'm like, man, I would, I don't know what I would give to have written this line. Yeah. This is perfect. And Again, part of that neurotic ache we have, and I, and I will not be happy ever until I write it. And by the way, when I finally wrote it, I'm still not happy. Yeah, yeah, of course. So. But and right now I am. Happy. Yeah, no, I'm know, thrilled right now. I'm ecstatic that... right now. Except I've got a, I've got a long a long cab ride to the airport. Other yeah, than that, I'm thrilled. Other than yeah, because I'm abandoning him, bailing him out, bailing <laughs> he's not, out. He's not abandoning. Him. He's good. He's I'm in... like fuck LA traffic. I'm gonna go insane now. Uber is the way to go. <laughs> good luck. Good luck on your trip. Yeah, have fun. Bye. <laughs> It's, Thanks for coming yeah, down. Well, thank you so. Wait, so can you so give much. one epic? Give one epic line that you did. Just one great line that we we, we have we have out there. No, come on, you're putting me. Uh, what what is what's the one uh, like? Uh, um, uh, okay, we'll save it. We'll yeah, save yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're totally putting me on the spot here, but uh, with an Italian accent, no. Yeah, the, um, no, but I mean, it's that's what for me is all about. Civilization domesticates the soul. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a whole long rant about civilization domesticate the soul and the civilization is only good to men who have, uh, don't have what it takes to uh, lead men into battle or seduce wonderful women or something. Noble like women. Like noble women, exactly. <laughs> you know, that kind of game. It's like we're talking... Uh, we don't care about true or false, we care about epic. Ah, absolutely. <laughs> Fact, true or false. Leave that to academics. I'm about legends. Not You're not going to get your PhD, is that what we decided? I think we have established that. Okay, and, I, this, I, and I'm not going to get my bachelor's. I was, three, I was three and a half years in and I dropped out because I, fell out, I was dumped and I went into music, you know? Uh, not a bad I told my mother, I said this, Mom, I'm not going into medicine, I'm going to music. Here's her response. <laughs> so if you ever have that response, keep going. I think that's the way to do it. Yes. Well, thanks so much, man. So, so great to be down here with you. Have fun in Canada. Thanks, bud. We'll talk probably in about four hours. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, buddy. See ya. Well, that was quite an interesting episode. That Pete McCormick sure is nutty. <laughs> he's a excited man. And uh, the man has passion. You know, it's the recipe for genius and it's the recipe for complete insanity. That's and the I think, Mia's disaster combo. I think you need to have a little bit of both to pull it off. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, man, that's... I love Pete. Pete is great. 
anything else we need to throw out there well thank you to daisy house for the music and uh, affiliate sponsor in case you guys want to check them out coracao chocolate and audible if you are in dire need of other audio products beside our own podcast it's the dark tax season so if you need to hide some money hide it with kiva.org that's right for team drunken dallas which continues to grow in quite an awesome way so yeah that's sweet for you 0.01% that actually participates in anything we offer, we certainly appreciate it. Very, very much. Oh, and speaking of glorious folks that do contribute in one way or another, well, these are the guys that contribute in the most direct way possible through actual donations. Wow. So let's fuck up their names. Let the pottering begin. Here we go, wheat. The first guy who ever started uh, recurring donation business, Desmond Colton. And we got John Hatfield, Zolotarev Sergei, I'm assuming first name is Sergei, John Attebury, David Peterson, Aaron McLaughlin, Matthias Ailstock, Alexander Kuzner, Rian, I have no damn idea, uh, not Rian, what the fuck, I was already thinking about the last name, is Ryan, of course, is Ryan, last name is L-E-E-G-E. Leger. Leger? There's no R. Leger? Lige. I have no fucking idea. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, Robert Primus and Dwayne Hales. Thank you guys so, so very much. The short list, people. The rest of you should be embarrassed. Damn. It's like, where's no, my... No, it's time. This is 61 episodes in, y'all. Come on. Get a nickel out. We work hard for you. We put a nice show out. We could sure use some fancy new headphones. And it's not begging or being angry. It's just... Come on. Yeah, any which way you can do it. You know, donations are obviously the easiest, most direct way. But again, you don't have the extra money. Just use us for Amazon. That helps also a bunch. Yep. So it's that's a great, great way to contribute. So thank you guys so much. As usual, Taoist Lecture Series, if you want to check it out, is uh, in the episode notes. There's the link to the order form. And other than that, I would say is a wrap, is it? That's it. Rap indeed. You guys have a great day. So ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dowitz Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenze di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, eh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs>
This was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh... Uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell Can me about... Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what the heck of work?